Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. A lot of people know that your smartphone contains a revolutionary technology. I'm talking about the lithium ion battery. This week, Chris Dornbras, CEO of Calgary-based E3 Metals, joined Down to Business to offer an inside look at what it takes to produce lithium. His company is playing in an old depleted oil and gas reservoir in Alberta and thinks it can extract lithium from the leftover brine. Lithium isn't the new oil, and it doesn't spell the end of Alberta's fossil fuel economy. Far from it. So far, he said, nothing matches the efficiency of hydrocarbons, aka fossil fuels. But lithium-ion batteries are revolutionizing the way we use energy. And even if everyone in Alberta stepped into an electric vehicle tomorrow, the province would still be reliant on natural gas. But as Dornbos explained, instead of CO2 emissions coming out of every tailpipe, they'd come out of a central power plant where they could be more easily captured, stored, maybe even used for something. I'm Gabe Friedman, your host. And as always, our interview was edited for clarity and brevity. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot for joining me on Down to Business this week. Yeah, great to be here. So you're the chief executive of E3 Metals Corp in Alberta. I was wondering if you can just give a brief introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What the company has been working on for the past four years is a method to extract uh, lithium from uh, old oil aquifers in Alberta, aquifers that historically produced oil, but the majority of what's in the aquifer is actually brine and there's lithium dissolved in that brine. And uh, the key to what Ether has been working on is, is this technology, DLE or direct lithium extraction. And it allows us to directly extract lithium from the brine in, in a way that very environmentally sustainable, uh, but also very efficient and therefore hopefully very profitable for the company and something that we hope to commercialize here uh, in the coming years. Right. And many people may know the term lithium ion battery, but it's it's not just batteries in your cell phones. Is that as electric vehicle sales grow, you don't just need a little bit of lithium like you do for your phone battery. It's going to be a much larger quantity of lithium needed. And so demand is really expected to grow. That's exactly right. It solidified itself really in the past 12 months. Both the electric vehicle are here. All the major OEMs are committing to an electrified fleet, at least in some part um, and some of them entirely. Uh, Recently, uh, GM rebranded itself and announced by 2025, they're going to have 30 electric vehicle models available to the market. And all of those are powered by the lithium battery. And that's another thing that really solidified in 2020 is that the lithium battery is the battery that is going to power these vehicles. And you're absolutely right. You know, the average battery uses around 60 kilograms of lithium for a car. And it's it's made up of... 60 kilograms. Yeah, 60 60 kilograms. So so it is a lot more of the material going into these cars. And as more and more uh, cars become electrified, the use of the commodities is expected to grow dramatically uh, over the next five years. Cool. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you sort of became interested in the brine, which is, I guess, underground liquid where former oil fields used to be? Yeah, we 
we're looking for a lithium project in the sense that you know we saw the electric vehicle growing when you look at where lithium comes from historically there was one mine one hard rock mine and evaporation ponds in south america and one in the us that was the entirety of the lithium production it was not going to be able to keep up to the demand of lithium that would be required if electric vehicles became as prevalent as they now seem to be. So we were pretty early to this. We started looking in 2014 and we we picked up the ground that we have in Alberta and we looked across the world. We looked in South America, we looked in, in Nevada, we looked at hard rock projects in Canada and elsewhere to find a really quality project. And what we found in Alberta uh, eclipsed all of those. Just when you look at the fact that this operationally produces just like an oil and gas operation. So you're pumping fluids from an aquifer that used to produce oil. Now you're producing brine that's in the aquifer. You're pumping it to the surface. You're taking something out of it. If you're in the oil and gas industry, you're taking oil out. If you're in the lithium industry, you're taking lithium out. But either way, you take the the product out of the brine and then you put that brine back into the aquifer and that operation happens today in Alberta and so what we're looking to do is just a small side step we're just deploying a new technology to already existing styles of operation in the province and I think from that standpoint when you look at where lithium's coming from South America China the ability to produce this locally in, in an industry favorable jurisdiction using the same industry techniques that is currently here uh, has a huge operational advantage to the company. How tough was it to find the lithium there? And where are you guys working in Alberta? Yeah, we're in South Central. So we're just south of Red Deer is where we our sort of main project site is located. Just to note, the, in a commercial operation, when we're we, we put out a preliminary economic assessment at the end of December, outlining the project has a value, potential value of 1.1 billion US in a net present value basis. Uh-huh. That outlines that we would actually go in and put our own wells in and produce our own brine and, you know, obviously develop the, the process and facility along with that. However... Right. Just to pause. I mean, what you're saying is probably a good point to point yeah. out. You guys aren't actually doing this yet. This is what you guys aim to do. That is correct. You know, we're looking at first lithium in 2024. So we are in the process of finalizing the technology that we've developed, and then we're going to be designing the facility, and then it'll have to be constructed. So that's sort of path three, three, head down. I see. And so how difficult was it? And what oil field is this? Is it still operating? Like, how did you get access to it? What's your background too? Yeah. One of the advantages that D3 has had in, in being able to develop this is that there is small amounts of oil production from this aquifer in Alberta. And what's coming out is mostly water and it's about 98% water cut, which means 90% of the fluid coming out of these wells is water and the rest is a, a mixture of oil and gas and other things. And the oil portion of the aquifer is actually very, very small relative to the aquifer itself and where all the brine is. So we're able to sample um, at the back of current operations, which means we haven't had to drill wells. Um, we haven't had to put in our own infrastructure to date because we've been working with some very exceptional operators who have allowed us access to their infrastructure to sample the lithium concentration or in the brine chemistry and take samples also to do our, our technology development work that we've been working on. So, but in a commercial operation in the future, we would have our own facility. 
running. In my background, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geologist by training. The majority of what I've spent my career doing is building major projects. So I worked on Fort Hills uh, for Petro-Canada and then for Suncor. For, yeah, and then Suncor when they, when they took it over from Petro-Canada, merged with Petro-Canada. And then I, I moved to Australia working on in Sweden and worked on copper and uh, projects. So I came back to Canada in 2015 specifically for developing a lithium project here in Alberta. One of the things that I've learned in covering lithium is that there is a lot of excitement around it because, as you were saying, electric vehicle sales are really taking off. It's not geologically rare. Yeah. And as an element, it is common across the entire globe. And it was one of the three elements that was prevalent in sort of like the early formation of the of the solar system in the universe. So, the, but the difference is that it, you know, it being common doesn't necessarily mean that it's economic to extract. And this is the sort of principles of geological exploration is that you're not looking for just where the element is. You're looking for where it has been concentrated over geologic time. There's lots of copper across the entire globe in trace amounts. What makes an uh, operation economic is having lots of it in one small space that's been concentrated. And so there's not, in that sense, that many economic deposits of lithium across the globe, although lithium is prevalent. And that's the other side of the story that's not often talked about is how important quality is. Before the battery came along, lithium was produced for things like glass and medicine and greases. It had a limited use, but it, the product quality didn't need to be the same. It wasn't had the same requirement as it does for a, a lithium battery. And so the, the new projects that we're developing are engineered specifically to deliver pure lithium products, products that can be sold to battery manufacturers. And that's where you're getting the price for them um, is when you have the purity. Right. And you're looking in Alberta where there would seem to be no end of old depleted oil wells. Can you give me your take on what's at stake, what the opportunity is for Alberta here? Yeah, it, it's a huge opportunity for the province to, to diversify. The benefit of, of, of it is that it is just a very small sidestep from what Alberta already does. You know, it uses the same skill set in the oil and gas industry. And, and therefore, it doesn't come out in every brine water that comes out of an oil and gas well is very specifically located in, in a small stratigraphic section. However, it's a huge opportunity for the province. Alberta could be a world leader in lithium production, just like we are in oil production, 100%. And so you do hear a lot of people saying lithium is the new oil. But when I talked to an analyst yesterday, he said, yeah, that's not, it's not really true. It's more like the new gas tank. That's true. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you what your take on that is. Yeah, look, like electric cars were around before gasoline power cars. And it's just that in the 20s, oil became very prevalent and gasoline became very prevalent. And the benefit to oil is, you're right, it's a primary energy source. And the analyst was correct. The lithium battery is more of the gas tank, right? You still have to fill the gas tank with something. And that is electricity instead of gasoline. And... So in that sense, it doesn't power the car. It's just the medium by which you move the energy. However, what the electric vehicle does, what the battery does, and what we've never had is a very, very efficient means of mobilizing electricity. When you look at your phones, your computers, you know, power tools, electric vehicles, 
they're all coming out of the advent of the lithium ion battery, the ability to have uh, extremely high energy density storage of electricity. And so the battery in my mind represents a, a transition in how we use energy. It's a, it is a bit of a revolution, the electrical revolution of, of moving the world from a hydrocarbon based energy source to electricity based energy source. However, the lithium battery is not an energy source. It's just a storage. And this is where, you know, Alberta has a bit of a problem because they see the electric vehicle as a competitor to the oil industry because it's, you know, a gas power car versus electric power car. But the reality is that hydrocarbons and our use of hydrocarbons is here and it's going to be here to stay for quite some time because we don't have an energy source today that competes with hydrocarbon. We just don't. And so it's going to change how we use hydrocarbons. Like, well, in Alberta, for example, if it's all electric vehicles on the road, we'll be burning a lot of natural gas to power those vehicles. But that centralized power generation, instead of your CO2 coming out of every exhaust pipe in a car, it's now coming out of a central facility, right? All of your CO2 is now centralized. So now you can actually sequester that CO2 or dispose of it somehow and you can reduce your carbon emissions, you still have a very vibrant hydrocarbon industry in Alberta, even with an electric car, driving, even with 100% electric cars driving around. And I think that that is something that, you know, it, it is hard for Alberta because we've gone through some pretty rough times in, over the past couple of years with the oil market. So, you know, we see a huge opportunity. We also, you know, again, coming back to the fact that we produce the product, um, just like you do oil, you know, we're, we're just another commodity for this province to produce. And because it produces just like oil and gas, we put everybody back to work. Um, the same people back to work. I mean, it sounds great when you say it that way. Just, you know, the thing about lithium too, is that if you, if we were talking a year ago, lithium prices were in the doldrums and they had been for, I think at least a year or two before that, it's a small market. That smallness seems like it makes what your company does a lot harder because when there is more demand, the price of lithium just goes through the roof. And in January, I think it went up 40%, which is maybe the largest jump on record ever for lithium. But it also crashed really fast. What's it like to work in such a volatile environment? It's an interesting paradigm to watch the public lithium market and it go up and down. Obviously, from our perspective, there's a lot of demand coming and not the supply to keep up to it. So we see a very strong, robust market, especially in the next 10 years. But one thing to keep in mind is that lithium chemicals that are going into batteries, it's a specialty chemical. It's not a commodity. And just to be clear, what you're saying is it's not like copper. If you produce copper, you can sell anyone who needs copper, your copper product. With lithium, it's not interchangeable is what you're saying. You got 100%. It means that product quality, it means that like zero carbon, which is what we're aiming for, are important. It gives you certainty of obviously a customer to be buying your product. As long as you meet that specification, which again, we have the advantage because we've engineered this to be high quality from the very uh, get-go. Cool. Maybe last question. You're a former geologist for uh, Suncor, which is one of the biggest fossil fuel companies in Canada. But then you've also worked in copper and now lithium, both of which are considered battery metals. What's that difference? Yes, it, it's it, my, my love was never in in developing an oil sands project. But having said that, 
I, I learned a significant amount working at Pitch Canada and then at Suncor. And the team I was working with there were just a group of excellent people. And I got a lot of opportunities to grow professionally and learned a lot. And I mean, Fort Hills was a $17 billion project. You know, it's, it's no small feat, regardless of how you feel about oil sands and mining of oil. These are massive projects that are very complex and cost a lot of money to build with a lot of moving parts and Suncor executes them. And you have to give them that credit. And I think that for me, you know, a lot of what I'm bringing to this project and the development of E3 Metals, you know, really set a foundation by working at at Suncor and Petro Canada in those early days of my career. So this for sure is, is a much more of a passion project for me. Uh, the pieces of this that we want to add on that are not necessary, but we want to, like uh, sequestering the carbon to get us to zero emissions are, are you know, part of that passion, right? To, to do something a bit differently and, and build a company that, you know, quote unquote, is sustainable, if you can use that word. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm much, you know, much more excited to be developing this project uh, for sure. Well, Chris, thanks so much for talking to me. This is really fun to have you on the show. Yeah, no, it was great. I appreciate it. Very happy to be here. That was Chris Dornbra, CEO of Calgary-based E3 Metals. You made it to the end of another episode, so thank you for listening. And thanks to the excellent team behind Down to Business. Bryce Hall contributed music and production. Yudula Hussein contributed editing. And Pamela Heaven, web support. If you enjoyed this episode, you can share it with a friend and rate us on your podcast app. I'm Gabe Friedman, host of Down to Business. And as always, you can find your business news at financialpost.com.